Hello everybody, it's Export Audio episode 98. That's the that was better to me. That was, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. once we compress it, that's gonna be fine. Sure. I did a little test podcast yesterday and I can't get it quite right, but I also know that like it's not gonna be quite right until I'm recording it. you where I am. Where are you? I'm at soup. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to get there? Soup. <laughs> oh, that's a great place to get soup at. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about getting some clothes later, but I don't know, really know where to go for that. Maybe I'll go to soup. No, you can't go to soup for those. <laughs> you made soup this morning. I made soup. It was soup day. It was soup day. Uh, we are not watching Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, like yes. you said. We are going to. That's episode 100. That's probably not episode 100. That's probably episode 99. What's 100? Uh, we joked about doing VoIP Life for episode 100. Um, just doing a voice, just pretending to do a voice line. Well, having Emma Jackson on. I think that was a joke we made on Twitter at one point. I don't know if that's still, if, I don't know if we're still on for that. I I'm awfully to, far away from the microphone. I love to talk about podcast plans on the podcast and not with the people we want, want to be talking to about those podcast plans. You know, that's how it goes. Um, we were going to do Sonic the Hedgehog 2020. We still are going to. We're just going to get Olivia on for that. And so, um... Yeah. I feel like that could also be episode 100 pretty easily. It um, could be. It was supposed to be an inaugural wife apartment podcast, but... But once we wanted to include a guest, uh, both of us have had, like... They switched me to the night shift at work, which just means that, like, my usual times for doing podcasts are totally thrown off. So. I also have work evenings on. Yeah. And I usually do my podcasts in the evening, because I'm used to working in the morning... So my times are all off. But anyway, it's soup day in the new wife apartment. We love new wife apartment. It's we very cozy. We love soup. Uh, soup not as good as usual this time. Yeah. But, you know, these, these errors can be great. Errors can be corrected. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like <laughs> that, that line doesn't hit for most people, because it's from the fucking Fortnite thing. Uh-huh. The great era has been corrected. <laughs> um, Chancellor Palpatine is talking shit on Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking Palpatine talking shit to Travis Scott. <laughs> Sicko mode is a terrible song. <laughs> Lord Vader. It seems in your anger you went sicko mode on her. <laughs> Did you see this news about the Pokemon MOBA? <laughs> I think you'll find it quite entertaining. <laughs> she is absolutely a gamer, right? No, no. Thrawn's a gamer. That's canon. <laughs> um, I don't see why you care that they cut Pokemon from the new release. <laughs> Thrawn is a gamer. What's my Thrawn voice? Um, <laughs> Thrawn's a gamer, and uh, I should stop tapping the desk. Yes. Uh, she, uh, God, is she a gamer? Sheev used to be a gamer. Sheev used to be, like, really into PC games. Sheev still thinks that uh, Planescape Torment's the best game ever made. No, no, no. 
She thinks that Brood War is the best game ever made. <laughs> She's really into Brood War. He uses his telekinesis to get mad APMs. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was like a re- he was really into like giving the Zerglings 3D models and animations upsets my APMs. <laughs> well, and also like he thinks that um, Civ hasn't been as good since they went to the hex space. Uh, system. He liked it better when you could move in eight directions, and he... She fucking loved Stacks of Doom in Civ 4. <laughs> and he's still posting about that. Um, when they made Dota a real game, <laughs> it lost its charm. <laughs> it's my... Here's the thing is that my Sheev is two steps away from my Bakura. <laughs> I don't know if I have a sheave, but I know. <laughs> I'm going to take his leather pants. <laughs> I can do a you know that's just really them. annoying. You know that we need them. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Stupid podcast. I'm deleting Bacora, this. Bakura, did you see this news about... <laughs> A Pokemon MOBA. <laughs> it's not the story the Jedi would tell you, Bakora. I think about that. I think about that John Mulaney doing that. I thought not. not. <laughs> he was a dark lord of the Sith. Oh, see, you're veering into too much David Lynch. Cool. <laughs> have you ever heard the tale of Darjeeling? Have you ever heard? I got. I got to start. I got to start again because it's not. It's not Gordon Cole. It's Chris Remo doing Gordon Cole. Mm-hmm. Coop. Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> <laughs> The other thing that's been in my mind a lot lately is, are you ready to become a real race car driver? <laughs> is that from Speed Racer? That's from Speed Racer. <laughs> I haven't seen Speed Racer in like three years. We should watch that. We should watch that. That's um, a podcast. That's a podcast. It's fucking good. Oh, I know. Episode 100, this is a fucking layup, is we'd, we'd watch fucking Matrix Reloaded into <laughs> We recruit the entire Way of Short Kings group chat to come on the podcast <laughs> to talk about the Way of Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, There is the obvious answer that episode 100 is just literally everyone who follows me on Locked shows up on this podcast. We could just go from 99 to 101 and then figure out what episode 100 is later. That's for hacks. <laughs> Cowards and frauds do that. Uh, listen to... What were we mad about Travis for this week? What? What? Travis tweeted something dumb Travis this week. who? Travis McElroy? I'm not familiar. Okay. It's not a story of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Has the tragedy of Griffin the Hungry. <laughs> we 
you definitely make that joke on this podcast before. Maybe. But there's a difference because now we're doing it ironically. Mm-hmm. There was a time when we made such a joke unironically. Yes. Do we want to talk about Patreon? Fucking sucks. Well, yeah, but do we want to talk about our Patreon? Oh, it rules. <laughs> um, we got lots of stuff going up lately. Yeah. We, um... Uh... Fuck, what am I trying to say? We've we, been talking... We do fuck. We do fuck, that's true. Uh, well, sometimes. <laughs> uh, that's really not podcast appropriate. Anyway... Really? Because we've said it on the podcast before. I don't want to talk about my dick not working on the podcast. <laughs> we've literally made Spyro is wild jokes on this podcast. I gotta take my medicine for the day. Okay. Um, I might go do that. Wait a minute. Uh, I keep recording. <laughs> yeah, of course. Fuck it. Why wouldn't this be happening? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, uh, um, so we've been talking a little bit about, like, for various reasons, like, we have not... <laughs> Why are you just holding the bottle of loom? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it and I wanted to read it. <laughs> you wanted to read the ingredients on it? What? There's only, like, six ingredients. What are the six ingredients on our lube? Water, glycerin... Warnings, and... not a contraceptive. <laughs> Water, glycerin, pentylene, glycol, cellulose gum, and potassium sorbate. Okay. Does not contain spermicide. What? It says it right there. Not a contraceptive. Does not contain spermicide. Should irritation or discomfort occur, discontinue use immediately and consult the physician. Keep out of eyes and ears. Keep out of reach of children. Do not use a tamper evidence seal is removed or broken. Store at room temperature. Very slippery. Clean spills immediately. Bottle may leak if not stored or dried. Uh, you're water base. That was a weird burp I just did. <laughs> uh, would you like the directions next? Yeah, hit me with the directions. Use wet original. <laughs> As needed to supplement your natural moisture and enhance intimacy. To use, apply a small amount to the area of the body you wish to lubricate. <laughs> Reapply as desired. Easily washes away with warm water. Latex, uh, polyisoprene, and polyurethane compatible. Okay. That's good to know. So we've been talking about the Patreon a little yeah. bit. And we've been... Like, we have for a while kind of neglected the Patreon for various reasons. Um, not gonna get into them here. But we just, like, and I'm gonna caveat this in a moment, but we just kind of wanted to give the Patreon a shot in the arm. Like, we just kind of wanted to, like... With a gun. (laughs) (laughs) We just wanted to, like, kind of reinvigorate it. So you've been doing duo lane that's going up there. And import audio. And import audio, which, which is, isn't up yet, but it will be next week. Uh, we're bringing import audio back, which we kind of killed partly because it just didn't make sense for what we did anymore. But import audio will now be outtakes from Rush Jet Radio. By which you mean it will be the 40 minutes after we record each Rush Jet Radio where we just hang out. Okay, okay. I didn't know if it was before or after. Um, Duel Lane is before We Are the Champions, and Import Audio is after Rush Jet Radio. Um, Regs and I, um, this is not a big podcast announcement, but this is, I've been trying, I've been wanting to do one more podcast because this podcast is a regular, um, Aeroplane is 
more or less monthly. Um, so I wanted to like fit one more podcast into my schedule because I could. And so like Regs and I are going to pick up hot singles for a little bit again. Um, we don't have like firm plans, but we're going to do an episode on Saturday. And then I'm also off work Saturday, Sunday next week. So we'll probably do another episode next Saturday. And we're just going to like play that one by ear, I think. So you're going to record this podcast right before this weekend when you have to have yes. a camera shoved up your ass. Well, so Saturday, uh, podcast with Regs. Uh-huh. Um, Friday, I'm doing Aeroplane, so i got to watch The Cat Returns at some point. Um, Friday, Aeroplane. Saturday, Hot Singles, um, which is also, for people who remember the old Hot Singles, this is going to be much more low-key. Um, oh, weird that that would be the case. I'm going to show up, uh, I, I picked, um, Phoebe Bridger's Punisher, uh, I almost said M. Regs picked, um, <laughs> Moses Sumney's Grey, uh, and we are just going to talk about both of those albums until we're done talking about them, and then I will edit it and upload it. I will probably, oh, this is the reason I brought it up, is because I will probably, like, put it on Patreon, like, you know, as soon as it's ready, and then, like you know, put it uh, in a public feed, like, the following Thursday. The Hot Singles feed still exists. The old episode still exists, so, like, it's probably just gonna go right back in that feed. Um, so, that's exciting. Um, I was just thinking about... Oh, but, but, yeah, Saturday podcast, and then Sunday, I'm gonna drink, like, a whole bunch of laxatives and I'm just going to try and get everything everything out of my system and then Monday I'm gonna have a camera shoved up my ass and then I'm gonna get an MRI uh, and I'm gonna be miserable but afterward there's a Buffalo Wild Wings across the street hung <laughs> around and find out <laughs> uh, um, to anyone who follows me on private Twitter I'm going to just go ahead and apologize for any tweets I do on Sunday or Monday <laughs> Last time, uh, they were, like, loopy from the... Anesthetics. From the anesthetics, and they were talking about Suikoden. Yeah, I was talking about how no one likes Suikoden. People like Suikoden. Um, I think this was because I was listening to A VoIP Life shortly before I went under. It's because you were thinking about a totally different thing and said Suikoden by accident. Oh, right, I kept getting Seiken and Setsu and Suikoden mixed up. Yeah. But now we know all about Seiken and Setsu. Yeah. We've grown. Um... Did you ever finish uh, Final Fantasy Adventure? No, I fell off of it, but I'll get back to it. I fell off of Earthbound, but it seems really cool. Uh, You're right here. Honor. I fell off of Mother 2, but I'm going to get back to it at some point. <laughs> you can't say that! <laughs> uh, now that we've moved. I was thinking today because... So I did a thing, I wasn't really thinking about um, how they were going to announce a Pokemon MOBA today. I am, oh, yeah. of course, because we were all wondering when they were going to do that. Yeah. I was just doing a thing where I was like telling my friends which Pokemon they reminded me of, and I looked at a bunch of Pokemon that I'd never seen or hadn't seen in a very long time, and I have a Pokemon itch to like... Well, then I'll use Scratch. Oh, I love scratches. It's super <laughs> <effective>. <laughs> Um, uh, I kind of want to play. 
I kind of want to finish Earthbound so I can feel good about taking another swing at Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon. What about Sword or Shield? Probably not, just because I would... Sword and Shield seem cool, but I have never finished a mainline Pokemon RPG, so I don't want to spend $60 on a game that I'm not sure I will finish, you know? Mm -hmm. I might do... I want pick up the let's go on switch at some point let's go seems cute i would i'm either gonna pick up i'm either gonna emulate ultra sun and ultra moon uh or i'm gonna emulate like fire red <laughs> i feel like those are the two paths before me in my life because i just really like fire red and emerald i think those are really good games i like they're good i feel like pokemon visually has never been better than game boy advance games though i do like how the 3ds games look a lot i maybe i should maybe it's because i've never spent time with them but i don't like how the ds games look visually i don't like those ones um but yeah maybe i'll play pokemon coliseum uh we don't even have the GameCube hooked up, yeah. One, I have Dolphin, and two, it's easy to hook up the GameCube. No, because we have to get into that trunk that everything's on top of now. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know, I don't think I own a disc of Coliseum or XD Gale of Darkness, but I have ROMs of both of them that I legally acquired. Um, parody. Parody, TM. <laughs> Is that what you're supposed to say there? <laughs> no. Anyway, um, you've been reading Mistborn. Oh, can I briefly talk about uh, the book I read right before Mistborn? Yes, but I'm very sleepy. Oh, okay. Um, we're 17 minutes into the podcast and I'm very sleepy. Oh, that's no good. I know. Uh, Maybe I'll go get a soda. You go get a soda. I will, I will talk about this book that you Jeez. haven't read. Um, I read um, Our Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis, um, which was... Fucking phenomenal. Um, it's... How to describe it? Um, I uh, have been for the last however long, like it feels like maybe a year now, maybe two years now, I don't know, been trying to immerse myself in like Marxist thought and analysis and like that sort of thing. And I feel like <clears throat> my... Passion for that has been renewed recently just because it's like, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> Bernie did not work out under any, like, by any stretch of the imagination, like, what do we do instead? Uh, and so I listened to an audiobook, which is free on YouTube because it's an amateur audiobook um, of Our Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis, and, like... I hadn't read anything, like, so contemporary that was from a Marxist perspective. Like, I, like... How many sorcerer chapters were there in this one? None. No sorcerers? <laughs> no sorcerers. Um, I also, like, uh... What's up? Just a little bit away from you. Okay. You got a little, you got a little pop there, so I just kind of... I also just, um... I've listened to a lot of, like, secondary sources. Like, I've listened to Rev Left and Rev Menace. I've done very little time with, like, actual, like, Marxist texts, and I certainly had never read anything so contemporary, so it was really interesting to see a lot of that stuff that I've been thinking about applied to, like, 
right now in this moment. And I feel inspired, especially because I found this because someone had tweeted an amateur audiobook of it. And I was like, I listened to it and I liked it and I enjoyed it. And it made me realize there are all sorts of these. Like, I can go listen to amateur audiobooks of State and Revolution. Um, uh, and I was listening to a Rev Left today where they were recommending, like, um, some more contemporary stuff. And, like, there's some audiobooks of those and others don't have that. And so I'm now wondering, like, maybe I'm going to start just making amateur audiobooks of leftist literature. <laughs> a specter is haunting <laughs> Europe. Cool. A specter is haunting Europe. A <laughs> specter of communism. Where's the... I need the sorcerer sentence. I gotta read. <laughs> Communist manifesto sorcerer. Is it just a sentence? It, it it starts a paragraph, and so it's referred to, I think, as the sorcerer paragraph, but... Um, we're just gonna... Control F, sorcerer. <clears throat> Modern bourgeois society, with its relations of production, of exchange, and property, a society that has conjured up such gigantic means of production and of exchange, is like the sorcerer who is no longer able to control the powers of the netherworld, whom he has called up by his spells. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking incredible. Karl Marx, undefeated champion of the world. <laughs> Rise, Lord Vader. <laughs> Modern bourgeois society. <laughs> uh, Palpatine is a Marxist-Leninist monarchist. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I I have my pinned tweet right now on Maine is um a link to a bunch of different audio resources to uh like for, like, Marxist thought. Uh, I'm going to keep updating that as I continue finding stuff. Right now, a lot of the limits are, like, me just not knowing what to even look for. I've li listed a lot of stuff that's been talked about on Rev Left and Red Menace, and I'm trying to expand my vocabulary beyond just what that one outlet, uh, you know, recommends now. Um, so that's been interesting um oh the last thing i want to say about our prison's obsolete if for some reason you don't want to read this whole book which it's very short you should just you really i cannot recommend this book enough um uh like but if you don't want to read the whole book i i feel like chapters four and six are like really deeply essential for like anybody who is thinking about prison abolition right now um, and police abolition. Chapter four is about, like, a, a, a Marxist feminist perspective on, like, how specifically, like, prison affects, uh, like, women. Um, I bungled that sentence, but you got what I meant. Um, and, like, it's really interesting. Um, Davis, the, like, does not, uh, mention queer issues, queer men, queer women at all, but, like, you start to see how I think so much, uh, and I think she points this out, so much pris prison abolition discourses about men's prisons, and we don't think about how the conditions in women's prisons are different um, and need specific addressing. Uh, and then chapter six is like, uh, 
kind of the thing that I most wanted out of this book, and I almost wish there was more, and I almost, I disagree a little bit with Davis on a couple points in that chapter, but, um, like, um, chapter six is like, okay, what do we do instead of prisons? And it's not, we tear down every prison tomorrow, we, like, like, you know, we put these people in prison to quote-unquote try to solve this problem like we put drug users in prison to try to stop them from like harming themselves or others through drug use what are alternative solutions to like helping people with drug problems you know um that is not just put those people in jail i feel like i phrased that a little awkwardly uh but i think people get what i mean um so yeah i really like that book anyway Mistborn. You're smiling. I love it. I read smile. a tweet. Oh, you read a tweet? I, yeah. Can I see the tweet? You can see the tweet, but you can't say it out loud okay. on the podcast. Okay. Hmm. That's a tweet. That's a tweet. Anyway, Mistborn. Mistborn. Um, so... We both played Dishonored recently, and uh, I kept talking about how I wish there was a bunch of Dishonored spin-off books, and so I finally started reading Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson, who I got obsessed with his other big series, Stormlight Archive, earlier this year, as you all know, probably, if you listen to the podcast, because uh, I talk about it all the fucking time, I feel like. Um, and I'm almost done with Mistborn. I've got two hours left in the audiobook, I think. And he just, he did me the kindness of writing Dishonored novels, like, ten, like, five years before Dishonored came out, I think. He just did that. He, Brandon Sanderson, hero, king of kings, um, sorry, I was just trying to talk to you. <laughs> you were busy looking at tweets. looking at tweets. sending tweets. Like... When Marks gives you his commies, squirt emoji, halo emoji. <clears throat> Alright. <laughs> Weird vibe on the podcast today. Um, Brandon Sanderson is really a Marxist-Leninist monarchist really in this is. book. Yeah, He's really, like, in Mistborn, he clearly understands class struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or some forms of it. Some forms of it? Like, he seems to have red marks, and he's probably not a Marxist, but I can't... Im like, some of this thought has, like, filtered into his work somehow. I cannot decipher it, but it's interesting. He's certainly read lots of things. Yeah, I think probably he has... He teaches writing. Right. And he's done missionary stuff. <laughs> he's done... Hmm. Brandon Sanderson does not fuck. I need that to be clear. He has children. He does not fuck. <laughs> what I meant to say... Brandon Sanderson's children are a CIA psyop. <laughs> he's done mission stuff. And I assume he's also done, like, philosophy slash theology yeah. stuff. I think he's definitely done some theo theological, like, studies there. Because uh, some things in uh, Mistborn are very mm -hmm. uh, interesting. I I feel like, yeah, like, I can very easily imagine um, Sanderson 
reading all sorts of philosophy, like both like Marxist philosophy and like, you know, any sort of other philosophy. Like I can imagine him being the really... other one's greater Marxism, you might call it. <laughs> like, like I can imagine him reading all sorts of philosophical thought and like deciding to incorporate like certain elements of different like things into his fantasy worlds, even if he's not like I don't really think he's about this shit. I think he probably voted for Obama. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I mean, all sorts of people. <laughs> I think communists who, voted for Obama. I think people who, all sorts of people who are uh, communists in 2020 voted for Obama. What I meant to say is voting for Joe Biden. I would imagine Sanderson is voting Biden. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's probable, but it's not. A sure uh -huh. thing. Uh-huh. So... Only because Romney's not running. Only because <laughs> Romney's not running because I think he would vote for Romney. That's what I... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. But, uh... All, the political stuff aside, I also just think he is, like... A, a stunningly good character writer and, like, action scene writer mm -hmm. and plotter. Like, I just think he's a good novelist. Uh, I think he's a better novelist than most people writing fantasy. I think <clears throat> he has some issues mm -hmm. when it comes to race. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has some issues when it comes to race in his books. Yeah, and also like there's some there's some weird things in Mistborn that. He moves away from in the in his later work. Um, it's so funny too because he has issues with race, but it feels like, and I I recognize that this is a, 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 the sort of like rhetoric that gets thrown a lot around a lot, and I so I want to like explain what I mean in just a moment. But it feels like he's really trying, you know, which I don't mean in the sort of like oh he's trying we can't criticize him, but it seems like. He's just really thinking through some things. I mean, he goes over the course of his writing career from um, having a dick makes you a man mm -hmm. and don't skimp on the balls <laughs> to a character saying, you know, if you shapeshifted into a guy, I'd still hit it. <laughs> there, there is a distinct arc yeah. in, the, in some of the, not just explicit things that in the story, but like the implicit parts mm -hmm. of the story as well um so i think that he's definitely like uh absorbed new information from somewhere yeah over the years and like integrated new thoughts into his worldviews. um he you know in the early 2000s he was a very different person politically yeah um and i i, I don't want to say oh he's getting better and that makes like any like problematic stuff in his earlier work okay what i'm saying is that like he is he is very thoughtful and like when he stumbles when there when there is stuff in the books it never feels like totally unintentional or or hmm, i don't know how to say this um like okay there's weird stuff about race in a couple of his different books like uh the Emperor's Soul is a very Orientalist book, much as I enjoy oh, it. Oh, incredibly. Like, about as Orientalist as you can get. 
And then if outside you outside of like actually having ninjas, right, or whatever. And if you no <laughs> one says the word honor, but like that's about the only thing that would be more orientalist is if there were ninja clans or honor pact, right. And if you read the afterword to his book, like, um, to the book, like, he just says, oh, this was inspired by me going to museums in China and really liking their artwork. And so, like... Did he also do mission work there? He was I doing think, mission work when yeah, he saw... When he went to the museum. Um, and it might have been Korea. It might not have been China. I don't think it was China. Yeah, it might have been Korea, which I believe, like, people go do mission work in, like, South Korea quite a bit. So, yeah. um... Anyway, I mean, um, I have the book like right here. I could double check. Um, but like, and then in Stormlight, in the Stormlight series, he is like thinking a lot about colonialism and imperialism, like the like the countless insidious ways that um, imperialism affects like our current world is part of that book, and like. It's not subtle, it is, like, the text of the series, and it is it is actually really interesting and thoughtful, um, which makes his stumbling blocks about race just feel like... And I don't, I don't want to say forgivable, it just seems like he's coming by it, like, honestly or we something. We're both fools. Oh. We are both fools. Oh. Um, but he does mention Chinese history, okay. but the actual trip was to Taiwan. Okay, okay. But he talks a lot about Chinese history in that okay. postscript. Okay. So um, that's the actual... The trip was to Taiwan. Okay. Um, <clears throat> which... Uh, and so, yeah, like... Like, the Stormlight is a series about, like, conquerors and conquered people and, like, the ways that, em like, an imperial nation constructs gender to, like get labor accomplished it's it's about those things and yet still like sometimes his characters like sometimes he's like inspired by real world cultures in a way that is uncomfortable and it, so it's just it's all very interesting to me i'm not going to make excuses this for is it george lucas yeah this is my george lucas <laughs> yeah I, it's but like also in mistborn era 2 it's the West. Mm -hmm. It's like a like a Western, but there's no West mm -hmm. in that world. Mm -hmm. There is no unconquered. Well, quote unquote. There is no frontier, mm -hmm. so they create a frontier. Oh, because okay. everyone lives in one city in the center of the world, and so now places that used to be part of the final empire mm. are now the roughs okay because no one like some people live out there and specifically this gets into the, the weird race things again mm -hmm. but there's like non-human races mm -hmm. that live outside of Ellendale, mm -hmm. <laughs> the big city um, oh <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I see now. <laughs> so there are pieces that get manipulated into becoming like this 
pulpy Western setting. When, right. like, that shouldn't be the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, but he wants to write a Western, so now he has to think of analogs for structures of the Western as, like, a genre and as a setting. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that he needs natives. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you should... I have a big thought about this. Okay. That is, like, based on the last chapter of Oathbringer. Um, so I can't talk about okay. it right now. Now, this is not a very focal thing that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of referenced vaguely that there are, like, other peoples outside of, like, the main cities. Um... But it is there, and it is a little bit weird. <clears throat> it's complicated, because Mistborn has a lot of race science in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, you'll get there. I mean, I mean, Stormlight has... Stormlight has a race science, too, but... I'm not gonna make an excuse for it. Stormlight has race science, too. There's a thing that complicates it in an intentional way and I don't know like I'm not gonna say more than that and once again this is not an excuse for the race sciencey stuff in Stormlight it is just he is aware of what he's doing I think mostly now, maybe mostly maybe he is now but not yeah. in 2006 when this point was written yeah no for sure for sure um I there's a thing in the last chapter of Oathbringer that is making book four of Stormlight very exciting to me, and I just can't talk about it because I think none of my friends have caught up. I think you'll be very excited by the events of Mistborn. Okay. But anyway, it's just that, like, you know, the nature of what is a human and where do they come from is very complicated in all of the Cosmere. It sure is. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to finish this book. Because <laughs> it know. sure is. I, I know more than you do. <laughs> cosmologically. Mm -hmm. You don't know about Harmony. Have you read Warbreaker? No. Kim might be. Kim might actually be the most well-read on Sanderson of any of us. Because Kim's That's read... possible. I think Kim has read all the... Mistborn books. I think I know she's read Warbreaker, and I think she's caught up on Stormlight too, but I don't know. Mm, I definitely haven't. It's been on my list though. I I know about it. I know how. I've read about the the uh, breath stuff. But I just read every Cosmere book except White Sand and Elantris. <laughs> White, okay, White Sand was the first novel he ever wrote, and it is the one that is most clearly like, oh, you don't. You don't, that one's racist. You don't know... You don't have any non-white friends. Yeah. You you don't know what you're doing here. White Sand uh, is a racist it's, book. It's pretty racist. Yeah. Um, it's just like... You really were like... Like, your perspective is extremely clear in yeah. this. Um, it's a planet... Okay. Okay. And the orbit is locked, so it doesn't rotate mm -hmm. in relation to the sun. Mm -hmm. So there's one side of the, of the planet that's always daytime and one side that's always nighttime. Okay. And the sand on one side is all white. And the sand 
On the other side is all black, uh-huh. and also it's magical because they've they have guns and stuff. Uh-huh. And so anyway, the white people live <laughs> on the white side of the planet, and the black people live on the black side of the planet. That's just racist. <laughs> it's just racist. So all the white people live in the desert and have these robes and hoods and stuff, and then all the black people live in cities on the night side of the planet, and they have cool guns, and it's like a steampunk gun thing? I don't know. I haven't read the second one yet, but... You know, for a while, I don't know if he still does, but for a long time, if you emailed him personally and asked, he would send you the old, unpublished versions of some of his other novels, like White Sand. Oh, weird. Like the alpha versions. I don't know if he still does this. But like, Dragonsteel might have been one of them. Mm. Um, which is the Hoyt book. Hoyt has showed up for one scene in Mistborn, and I need more. <laughs> I just need more. I just gotta know what he's doing. Because I... I just love him. What was he doing in Mistborn? Well, so, okay. So, the nobles in um, Mistborn all use, like, beggar informants, basically. Like, yeah. there's just a, a spy network of, of beggars. Like, there is in, you know countless fantasy things um and so it's there's a very funny scene where um kelsier like is disguised as a noble and goes and like shakes down hoyd for information and then goes and disguises himself as a beggar and starts spreading lies to other houses <laughs> based on what hoyd told him uh-huh. And it's so great. It's such a good scene because there's like, there is no hint at all that he is like the guy who jumps from book to book. <laughs> there's like it is. It literally is just. It literally is just. Um, like, do you hear a dog bark? I don't know what that was. I thought I heard Dighty for a second. I thought I did too. <laughs> um. She just haunts the podcast. <laughs> um. So there's, it's literally just, like, Kelsier goes and meets a beggar, and, like, it is mentioned that his name is Hoyd, but there's no, like, wink, wink, this is Hoyd. Right, this is the first one. Right. Or not, maybe not even the first one. I think that Hoyd shows up sometimes without even being named. Mm. Uh, So you have to watch out for the descriptions. I think when he appears in Elantris, he's not named. Okay. Uh, Which would be the actual, because that was his first published novel. I want to finish Elantris someday. Seems bad. I don't know. It, I'm inter- it, it's got some interesting ideas in it, from what I saw. Um, I used to do a Cosmere Book Club podcast, and we did uh, three chapters each episode because it switched between the three protagonists in order. So every week I would read the... I would I would podcast about the chapter about Hraithan, I think his name was, the, the priest. Mm-hmm. Um, it had some very interesting stuff going on, but I never got to finish it. I, I, I still have that podcast art, and I still think sometimes, what if I brought back Ars Arcanum? Mm-hmm. Classic deep lore Nora podcast. Mm-hmm. That's um, pre-Nora, right? Yeah. That podcast ended as I was changing my name. Uh-huh. Which was, like, late 2016. Um. So, yeah. 
That's the Mistborn minute. I'm really close to the end. Sanderson is is the is is our new George Lucas. <laughs> that's that's for certain. Um, I just think that he's a little brighter than. I think he's a little more well read than Lucas is. Lucas, remember, Lucas started out as an artsy, mm -hmm. like, uh, film artsy film student who was like doing a lot of abstract stuff. Mm -hmm. and then started doing more concrete narrative stuff. It, I can imagine Sanderson, um, like, reading a lot of philosophy, mm -hmm. and I can imagine Lucas going to, like, art galleries every Lucas weekend. is watching Lenny Riefenstahl videos. That's also true. Videos, you know. Yeah. yeah. Films. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, can, I can easily imagine, like, Lucas going and just, like, staring at a Monet painting for 15 minutes or something. Sure. You know? Uh, I don't imagine Lucas reading a lot of philosophy. <laughs> no, Lucas is so much more visual. Yeah. Like, maybe that's part of, like, being a filmmaker, but, like, it, he's so focused on kineticism that, like, I don't see him reading much. Yeah. For that. Maybe now that he's, like, retired and everything, maybe he reads, but... Yeah. I can imagine um, Lucas just reading, like, detective novels. <laughs> just, like, by the dozen. Like, he's read all the J.K. Rowling ones, and he thinks they're okay. <laughs> like, I get, yeah, I can just imagine him on his estate just, like, sitting on his porch and just reading dozens and dozens of these. Um, I, uh, I really like Knives Out. <laughs> so. He would... Lucas would really like Knives Out, but... Do you think... What do you think George Lucas thinks about The Last Jedi? He hasn't seen it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I don't th he saw Force Awakens as a publicity moment, like, to yeah. go to the premiere. I don't think he's seen the other two. Yeah. He certainly hasn't seen, like, Rogue One. No. I imagine he stays away from Star Wars currently. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's writing fan fiction, though. <laughs> what if... Because we were looking at that, um... That book that Del Rey was putting out about... Oh, yeah. That's like... What if he's ghostwriting fanfic? <laughs> yeah, what if... What if George Lucas is writing... Um... Well, let's be real. What if George Lucas is plotting and then having someone else write fanfic of Star Wars? Hey, Alan. <laughs> that would be fucking incredible. We've got to read Air of the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. so excited about it, and you never want to do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Books are hard. And I'm in the middle of a big one, so. Em, em was talking about, like, Em and I are talking about, um, when we finish Aeroplane, do we want to do another podcast? What might we do? What might we not do? Um, and I'm just going to take my Star Wars book club to them. That's what I'm going to do. I don't think they want to do books. No, no, no. They extremely would not. They would shoot me down so fast. <laughs> Can you imagine um, reading Splinter of okay. Mind's Eye? So what about Second Officer Slog? But a property you hate. <laughs> and you don't enjoy thinking about. <laughs> you don't even enjoy getting mad about it. The way you do Star Trek. <laughs> Talk about Wexu. Have we talked about? Is there more apartment stuff we want to talk about? 
Uh, any any tales of woe or comedy from moving in? Not really. No. The landlords suck, but whose doesn't? <laughs> I was complaining about my landlord. I was complaining about our landlord at work, and someone said, oh, "I hate your landlord." And I was like, "I hate all landlords, but mine in particular." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if we watched Lord of the Rings? Uh, no. You liked that movie. No, I didn't. You said you liked it more than you expected to. I still gave it three out of five on Letterboxd. That's pretty good for you. Because I used to give it one out of five. So let's watch the next one. Two Towers. No. Right. I will watch the others. And the Red Dawn. I should just read those books. I will just enjoy reading those books more than those movies. I don't know. I have it right here in my hand. Um, I I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My favorite audiobook narrator does all the Lord of the Rings books, mm-hmm. so I am gonna. I have them. I will read them at some point. I just I shouldn't read The Hobbit again. Is the thing because I like The Hobbit a lot, but the last time I was like, I'm gonna read all the Lord of the Rings books. I was like, I'm gonna read The Hobbit first. And I think that killed my momentum because then I just read The Hobbit and I enjoyed it and then I was kind of done, you know, because mm-hmm. The Hobbit's a great book. They met the Prince Imrahil and he called to them, Whither now, Mithrandir? The Rohirrim are fighting in the fields of Gondor. We must gather all the strength that we can find. May I? Coop. Hobbits. Your tongue is strangely changed, but the name sounds not unfitting so. Hobbits, no report that I have heard does justice to the truth. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that sentence means. For a moment, the eyes of Denethor glowed again as he faced Gandalf. (laughs) (laughs) He charged his Kamehameha. (laughs) And Pippin felt once more the strain between their wills. But now almost it seemed as if their glances were like blades from eye to eye, flickering as they fenced. What's the POV? fucking owns. What's the POV on Lord of the Rings books? Like, who's the point of view character? Is it an omniscient sort of it's deal? Omniscient. Okay. Because Mistborn and Stormlight do like third person yeah. limited and hop around, which I think is the Game of Thrones thing. It's omniscient, but it follows certain characters. Okay. Um. A porter sat in a little house beside the way, and with fear in his eyes, he came forth bearing a lightning, a lightning, a lantern in his hand. Um, or it's not, maybe it's not omniscient, it's just it doesn't see into anyone's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> what else is happening in this book? Treebeard sent Gandalf, I need your help. You have done much, but I need more. I have about 10,000 orcs to manage. <laughs> Is that Saruman? That's Gandalf. Oh. This podcast sucks. I think it was fine. I think it was a good podcast. You can't just read this book on the podcast. I'm shutting this book. I'm shutting the book. No. <laughs> I've owned this since I was a child. Since these movies were coming out. Mm-hmm. 
So it's the first one, I think, because this only has pictures from the first movie. Mm. Uh, what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you one more thing. Uh, any Mass Effect update you want to give us? Fuck video games. <laughs> no video game has ever been worth it. Yeah. Especially not Mass Effect. Especially not Mass Effect. Opens on a slur. Opens... The... Shepard's, like, second line in Mass Effect 2 is calling Joker a slur. Yep. And people love this shit. People love this game. This is, like, the popular one. Yeah. And it opens on calling someone a slur. And then the first audio log you find is someone calling Miranda a huge bitch. Cool. Uh, a real ice-hearted bitch or whatever. It's like... Okay. Um, did we talk about Pokemon MOBA on this at all? Pokemon MOBA. Pokemon MOBA. Pokemon MOBA. Pokemon MOBA. I'm so excited to go pro in Pokemon Unite. Pokemon uh, Wizards Unite. <laughs> I wish I knew what you were doing in that game better. That gameplay trailer they put out did not really tell me at all what. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll get more details later. Yeah. I don't imagine this game comes out until later this, like, fall. Yeah, I would bet, like, fall 2020, I would guess. It doesn't look like something that you put out, because it's free-to-play. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like, oh, this is a year away. Yeah. I, I wonder if they even, like... I bet they put it out in fall 2020, and then, like, it gets good in 2021 or something, you know? Yeah, maybe. These things take time. Yeah. Um... I'm so excited. I'm so proud. I don't even necessarily care that much about Pokemon specifically, but the idea of Nintendo making a MOBA or having someone make a MOBA. Well, as the gamers will are quick to remind you, it's not just Nintendo. Tencent is involved in this, and so it's bad. Um, I'm not here to cape for Tencent. I'm just here to say that y'all being like, Amazon is good, but Tencent is bad, is just racist. Yep. <laughs> Like, they're both bad. Both are bad. I don't know... <laughs> I don't have to know their business practices to know that a corporation is an evil foundation. Yes. Like... I don't want... I Ten, just don't... By the way, um... There is a... Another uh, company similar... Uh, another big, like, production company in China who currently has the film rights to Stormlight and Mistborn... Oh, to both of them? Yeah, huh. but but has never made a film in-house, I think. I think they've, like, worked on production for other mm -hmm. projects, but never made, like, never, like, actually developed stuff in-house. I remember, this was, like, years ago, but people got upset about that, too, back when that was announced. It's so fucking funny. To, that, that thing I quote tweeted about how this is to make... Um, Pokemon popular in China, as if yeah. Chinese people don't love Bulbasaur. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how popular. Like, uh, I don't know how popular Pokemon is in China as compared to the U.S. and Japan. But I imagine people are pretty fond of Pikachu. Yeah. Anyway, Pikachu. Maybe you fucking heard of him. This is all. This is all a plot to make Kaladin Storm less popular in China. <laughs> uh, 
Can we put Kaladin Stormblast in League of Legends? Can we put Kaladin Stormblast in League of Legends? The actual answer is he would be put in Heroes of the Storm, right? Yeah. That would be good. Why are you what? Why are you... Oh! <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> fuck off! I hate you. I really want to see Vin as a MOBA character. That, that would be, be cool. That would be really neat. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking about a Mistborn game that plays like Dishonored. Mm-hmm. You can use the pull power to like... Yeah. You know, blink, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would just be neat. And you, like, you could reinterpret the emotional magic stuff to, to like, oh, when you're using this power, it, like, slowly drains your mana, but you are less detectable in social situations, you know? Oh, I just had a better idea, actually. What? What if it was a Mistborn game, but it was, like, Skyrim? What if they made Skyrim? Why? <laughs> and what if it was on the PS5, and what if it was the most graphically best game ever, and what if... Uh, J.K. Rowling was overseeing the production. Oh wait, shit, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> a game that really focused on the navigation stuff with pushing and pulling would be interesting, but that would have to be like most of what that game is. I don't think you could play as a Mistborn because. Mm -hmm. I mean, pewter's easy. You hit that button and you get a buff until the mana runs out, right? And tin is easy because it just turns on detective vision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's. Um, it works. It's not perfect, but it really works. I think um, you could you could do something interesting with that. And also, if you set it in Era 2, you have gun. Mm hmm But what if it was Skyrim, though? But then you could you could hold up a put... What if the map was three times as big as Skyrim? In Mistborn Era 2, the protagonist uh, teaches himself this little technique where he burns... Um, steel or iron? I don't What's the push one? I don't remember. He burns whatever the pushing metal is and then just kind of gently pushes around in every direction in gunfights to uh, sort of nudge bullets away from him a little bit. And doing that as like a shield power. That's good. It would be really good. <laughs> but, 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 how do you play as a zoologist? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Anyway, as a teacher in this game. <laughs> oh, you mean a keeper? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what if you could play as an inquisitor? <laughs> That's not one of the three jobs. Your three jobs are misborn, inquisitor, and keeper. <laughs> uh, collect spikes. <laughs> I work at three. It's one o'clock. Hi, everyone. Like, comment, subscribe, patreon.com slash export audio. So yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, we should actually do plugs. We should just actually do plugs. So you go, and then I'll go. Follow me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find out everything that I do at NoraBlake.online. Um, I'm on RushJet Radio. I'm on We Are The Champions. I'm on Counter Hour. What about you? You find, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a new swing at, like, my plugs because i've changed my pinned tweet um we want to you know start oh i'm i said this like at the start of the podcast and i never said it or, or i wanted to well uh, i can't words the thing is we want to kind of inject some new life into the patreon 
at like we said and you know we're gonna have some stuff start going up early there some patreon exclusive like bonus content we also uh first of all all that stuff is one dollar a month um like pretty much all of our content is going to be one dollar a month and second of all we understand that like there is a pandemic and protests and like a, a like a moment is happening right now and so if you don't if you can't give us a dollar a month that's cool. If you're trying to decide between giving us $1 or giving $5 to the bail fund in your city or um, like a GoFundMe for the family of people affected by police violence, like, do that. Like, we should be low on your priority list of money. We just want to, like, we want to give ourselves some energy and that's why we're putting some extra work into the Patreon right now. Not because, like, you know we uh, words we're not saying we don't need money we do need money but i just i recognize that yeah. like it's not electics everybody is stretched pretty thin right now because of covid and like a lot of people are donating to like causes and yeah we're not a cause we're just two trans people who work like service jobs that pay us 10 bucks an hour <laughs> I don't make ten bucks an hour. I make nine seventy seven plus tips. That's more um, than I make. Okay. Um, which the COVID bump on tips is finally falling off. It used to be we were getting two dollars an hour in tips, and now we're getting closer to like the one dollar an hour that we usually had before but, hey, COVID. I'm, I'm in a union. Yeah. Doesn't seem to do much. But... It gives me a voicemail twice a week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my plugs, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. Um, you can find the Patreon at exportodd.io. You can find this podcast at exportodd.io slash exportaudio. And I'll try to set up some more redirects to our other places. You can find it and then an aeroplane at abnormalmapping.com. I'm on journal updated on abnormalmapping.com. And next week we post our Dishonored episode. We were talking about Dishonor. It's a very long, very good episode. We're also, Em and I are doing our Cat Returns episode that will have an episode. The episode is going to go up Monday. <laughs> episode will have an episode? Yep. I'm going to go lay down and maybe take a nap. I'm I'm going to have a little more soup. Ooh. I love soup. Don't put the soup away yet is what I'll say to that. Okay. I might put a lid on it. Okay. If you like it, then you should have put a lid on it. No. No? Do we have a pot? That's what you sing when you want to date Oscar the Grouch. Do we have a sign-off for the podcast? Keep it, Rubio. <laughs> what? Um, what music should I use in this episode? Did we talk about anything that had some music? I don't suppose you could get a hold of the music from the... Um, Big production uh, audiobook for Way of Kings. Probably could. Could do some Pokemon music. We talked about a little Pokemon bit of Pokemon. Pokemon music is good, yeah. Um, dis Dishonored because there's no Mistmore music. Dishonored music is kind of bad. Oh, I didn't tell. <laughs> I didn't tell you what I did with um, Dishonored. 
which is that I started a high chaos playthrough. I did a low chaos playthrough, mm-hmm. and I started a high chaos playthrough. And I was talking to him. I was on a date with Molly, and I got to the flooded district, and I was like, "What are the levels? Okay, so flooded district is the worst level of the game. What's the next level? I guess the Hound Pit stuff. Yes. But that's still technically part of. I like the Hound Pit stuff. It's a different level. I like that. And then there's the last level. I was on the phone with Molly. I was like, I kind of like the last level, but I really don't want to play the Flooded District again. I think maybe, I think maybe I'm just done. You play the DLC? I mean, I started the DLC. Um, I played through the Flooded District and got Ghost and didn't kill anybody. Um, and it was interesting to mm-hmm. do that, but like. It was more fun that way, I think, mm-hmm. but it's too long. The Flooded District is a bad level. It would be cool if you just... Um, it should be two levels. It should be two levels. Or you should kill Dowd and then, like, find a boat that you just row yourself to, like... Um, cut out the sewers entirely? To cut out the sewers entirely. Like, the sewers is what sucks. The doubts like... The, getting to doubt is cool. It's Fighting true. Granny Rags is not cool. I did, I've never done that. Mm-hmm. I go on, I stop time, I pick her pocket, I bolt back the way I came, through all the water, and I unlock the door and I'm fucking out. I've never dealt with Granny Rags. That's fair. Um. So yeah, I'm going to play the DLC, which is already much better than... I want to know if there's enough ways to raise chaos without killing people to do a high chaos non-lethal. I don't think there is. Hmm. I, 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 I just don't think there is. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, this has been the podcast. This has been the podcast. Now there are Last episode was kind of like quaint and chill. This episode is kind of quaint and chill, but yeah, I'm fine. very sleepy. That's why yeah. my vibes are off. Yeah, that's fine. I still didn't get much sleep last night. I got I got a decent amount of sleep finally for the first time since we've moved. Basically, I think I got up almost six hours, which is the most I've gotten since we moved. <sighs> but uh, yeah. yeah, keep it review. Stay horny, folks. Don't do that. What? Don't. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that the Nick Robinson podcast sign off? No, you're thinking of Idle Thumbs. Stay spicy. What was the. Cool Games Inc. had a really cringe sign off. I mean, I can load up that feed and we can. No. Surely, surely Polygon has nuked that from orbit. I don't think they've done that. I'm just going to Google it. I could just start reading from the McElroy Wiki Nick Robinson page. Ooh. <laughs> I posted screenshots of that a while back, and everyone was upset. I thought it was funny. Um, what's on, What else is on the McElroy's Wiki? According to TV Tropes, Cool Games Inc. sign-off is no problem fun. Okay. I don't know what that means. Oh, God, you're on the My Brother, My Brother, and Me Wiki, huh? Oh, Justin McElroy has a regular Wikipedia page. 
Yes. Justin Tyler McElroy, born November 8th, 1980, is an American podcaster, comedian, and former video game journalist. He is known for his work on podcasts such as My Brother, My Brother, and Me, The Adventure Zone, and Sawbones. Sawbones has its own wiki page. His co-starring role in the CISO television adaptation of My Brother, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, the TV adaptation is a very funny way to say that, <laughs> and is uh, a co-founder of the video game journalism website Polygon. Um... Uh, the journalism section is much longer than, or much shorter than the podcasting section. McElroy has appeared as a voice actor in several animated TV shows. In 2017, he appeared as Billy and Million in the animated comedy series OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes. 2018, he appeared in the Cartoon Hangover production animated miniseries Slug Riot. He also provided voice commentary for the 2017 video game 100 Foot Robot Golf along with Griffin and Travis. I remember this because Griffin had to put a thing up on Polygon saying that Polygon would not be covering 100-foot robot golf <laughs> because of this. Um, September 2018, following a successful podcasting campaign, Justin and his brothers confirmed that they would be voice acting with the character... Justin and his brothers confirmed that they would be voice at, voicing the character Skyscraper in the film Trolls World Tour, and Justin... Also, with Justin also voicing Techno Drop Button and Tumbleweed. Um, I just need to scroll back up here. Um, yes, Sawbones Podcast has a very long Wikipedia page, <laughs> which is mostly just a list of episodes. Um, oh, they did a bunch of COVID apps. Of course they did. That makes sense. They also did an episode about the Black Panthers, which, should I cringe listen to that? Anyway, compare all that to the Justin McElroy page from the My Brother, My Brother and Me wiki. Justin Tyler, <laughs> Houston's native son, McElroy, is a co-host of My Brother, My Brother and Me. Also, <laughs> the header of this page is trans rights, obviously, Justin McElroy, which I remember is true of all McElroys. Do all McElroys have some quote about them saying trans rights at the top of their, uh... What is Travis's? Of course trans rights. And Griffin's, <laughs> and Griffin's is. is. Trans rights? Fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, oh, is he he's saying 40 under 40 now because he's not under 30? Griffin McElroy is also well-praised and is known in some spaces for the McElroys to have a cult following of Woolawa or women-loving women comprised of lesbian, bisexual, and queer women and women-aligned non-binary people. Bitches love Griffin <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Recurring... What? Oh, God. Favorite topics. Scott Bakula, Carly Rae Jepsen... Henry Will Squires II, Vor, You, Horses, Ghosts, Elevators. <laughs> Other work includes Cool Games Inc., which is discontinued after he banished Nick Robinson to the Shadow Zone for eternity. I didn't realize that um, Griffin did that. I didn't realize oh, that yeah. Griffin fired uh, yeah. Nick Robinson. Um do you read the, just the first sentence of the Nick Robinson page on the uh, My Brother, My Brother, and Me wiki? Nick Robinson ruins everything and we don't like him. <sighs> His brother Porter makes good music, though, and isn't a creep. Do we know that? I don't 
Oh, who his brother is. So it says Nick Robinson has got a picture of him with some Donkey Kong bongos. Don't ask me how I can recognize Donkey Kong bongos on site. Why would you not? They're very <laughs> iconic. And then it just says, Roll, he sucks, with two C's. Uh-huh. Which he would definitely wear a shirt that says, He sucks, with two C's, right? Um, there are wiki, wiki pages for Yahoo Warriors. That ladder, Drew Davenport, Ira Way, Rachel Rosing. Zoe These are the Kinch- people who send in the Yahoo questions. I'm just gonna click on. I'm gonna click on Drew Davenport, uh, who looks like exactly what you would imagine him looking like. We don't need to say that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Here, this is stupid. This sucks. <laughs> Don't make wiki pages for fans. MZ stands for Money Zone. <laughs> Brotherisms are recurring terms, names, and phrases that have been invented, modified, or I- implemented, or by, implemented. The Mac- by the McElroy brothers in their lifelong pursuit of hilarious goofs. Although they may include one-offs that are harped on in one episode and then never addressed again, the McElroy I'm not sure that... I'm going to Google... Oh. I I think maybe saying the McElroy Patois is racist. I'm going to Google this real quick and... Um, okay. I don't know that it's racist, but it feels racist. (laughs) I want to say that um, uh, some of these are just fucking ridiculous. I'm going to see if Lin-Manuel has a... Um, he yeah, of does. course he does. Lin-Manuel Miranda is a good friend of the McElroy. Oh, no quote about Lin-Manuel Miranda saying trans rights. Interesting. <laughs> it also says occupation. Eh. Um... Lin-Manuel Miranda is a gr- good friend of the McElroys and the best best known under the, his alias, the Fourth McElroy. <laughs> Some say he will truly ascend when he finally adopts the McElroy names, and his initials become L M M M. He wrote Hamilton, a show that uh, Griffin McElroy almost shat his pants during. <laughs> he is this all. This all sucks. This sucks. Um. Uh, Lynn was recently deposed as the fourth McElroy brother by Affite, an attendant of the 2017 uh, New York live show after Griffin refused to rap battle for his honor. Uh, This is bad. (laughs) Everything here is bad. (laughs) Oh, great deed is commemorated here. <laughs> the danger exists as an audio emanation. <laughs> it is as dangerous in your time as it was in ours. I hate that I have two tabs open. One's the Communist Manifesto, and one is the <laughs> fucking McElroy Wiki page. Um, 
This podcast is over now, for real, this time. We got to an hour 15. This, this isn't fucking, this isn't fucking VoIP life. We don't have to count down. <laughs> we don't have to make an hour. We, could we do, always hit an hour. We could have done a 30 minute one if we wanted. We always hit an hour. We don't know how to shut up. I know how to shut up. Thank you.